Hello, and welcome to the Date Night Movie Podcast. I'm your host, Patrick Russell, and with me is my co-host, Ashley Russell. Hello, hello, hello! This is a show where each week, Ashley and I, we talk about a new movie that's playing in theaters, and we break it down, whether we thought it was good or bad, and then we talk about whether it would make for a good date movie. And so, on this episode, we're talking about Bohemian Rhapsody. Mama Mia! Mama Mia Fioro! Uh, I think, are you singing Ma- the Mama Mia soundtrack? Or? I don't know. Because <laughs> I, don't, I don't think Queen sang Mama Mia. I don't care. <laughs> it is the same. <laughs> so, Bohemian Rhapsody, it's a, that's a biopic about the band Queen. And it's directed by Brian Singer. And it stars Rami Malek as Freddie Mercury. And so, you know, before we get started, uh, the, you know, this movie, it's gotten kind of mediocre reviews from critics. Uh, I think that probably stems because of Brian Singer. Could be. Uh, who we'll, we'll talk about yeah. in a minute. But audiences seem to be really enjoying it. It's already on track to be one of the most successful music biopics ever released. So let's, let's talk about Brian Singer. <laughs> He's, I mean, he's had a career for a while. This is a director who got his start in the 90s with The Usual Suspects uh, before going into the X-Men series. He was, he was one of the first directors to take on a big-budget superhero movie. Kind of in the wake of, you know, Tim Burton's Batman. You know, there was kind of this, uh, like, decade gap of anything decent, and X-Men was a huge hit. And that series is still going for well, almost 20 years. Well, I was a big fan of The Usual Suspects. That was one sure. of the, the movies that I grew up on. And we used to watch it multiple times, and because there's like different meanings and figuring out like different clues on each like each time you watch it, it was really kind of cool. Kevin Spacey won an Oscar for that. That one was a good movie. The X Men movies were a good movie. Yeah, um, I enjoy the X Men movies. I guess he's been kind of hit or miss in between. Yeah. You know, like I, there's stuff like Valkyrie. There's stuff like uh, Jack the Giant Slayer. I enjoyed his Superman Returns, although that was kind of a flop. So yeah, he's been he's been pretty hit or miss. He's also um, he's had some some troubles, I guess you could say. Some he, personal he is troubles. Not, yeah, he is not unaccustomed or not. Um, he he's very used to scandal <laughs> by now. I yeah. think in the past what five to ten years, maybe five years, mostly it's been it's been pretty scandalous for him. <laughs> But yeah, there have been some allegations. Uh, to his credit, I guess nothing has really like stuck to him because he continues to make movies. Mm-hmm. Because if these allegations were to stick to him, you would think that would stop anyone's right. high mm-hmm. high profile public career. Yeah. So, <laughs> as of this recording, no allegations have stuck to Brian Singer. No. But there's been a lot of a lot of whispers. And we're not going to go into detail about those allegations. Yeah, you just Google if you, Brian Singer. If you want to go into detail, if you want to <laughs> know Google for search. sure. Yeah. yeah, just Google it on your own and you can figure out what the scandal is but about. Even, even beyond those troubles, he's had a reputation just within the industry, within studios, as being very unreliable and not showing up, kind of disappearing for several days, maybe up to weeks. And on this movie we're talking about, he was fired at the end of shooting because he wanted to take a break to visit his grandma and he wanted to shut down production and uh, somebody else stepped in, Dexter Fletcher. That wasn't the only reason why he got the Well, book. who? I mean, who the hell knows? 
Cause, because again, because of these he, these troubles, he had he had an allegation. I believe it was either on the set or right before of sexual harassment. Apt pupil, and Is well, that, <laughs> so I mean, there's so many, but continue. yeah. <laughs> and then so with him being flaky on set was just kind of like the topping, of the icing on the cake, right? To get fired from the shoot. So. I guess that it really begs the question, you know, why does he keep getting hired? <laughs> if he's such a liability, why do you think he keeps getting hired? I think he knows the right people. I think he's made friends with the right people in the industry. And I think, let, let's be real, I think, you know, maybe some of the people that he's, you know, in that circle of trust, I'm going to go and say, right. <laughs> I think they're powerful people that keep him employed. Is he is he talented? Is like is that like a factor in his favor? I think so. I mean, from the Usual Suspects. I mean, that was his first movie. I think. That's a strong, I mean, that strong debut, strong showing, and the X Men movies. There, there were there were strong movies. And to be the first doing that, really, on that scale of that quality, uh, yeah, I definitely would give him uh, props for that. I think he's probably more passionate about certain projects than others. And that, yeah, and that's a good segue because I think he was particularly passionate about doing this biopic. And that was one of the things, kind of hounding the producers for this, the opportunity to to tell this story of this band. But tell us, what did you think of Bohemian Rhapsody? Oh my God, I absolutely loved this movie. I'm I'm a big fan of musical biopics anyways. Comparisons to this would be like Walk the Line. Walk the Line was good. It would be Ray. Yes, that about was Ray good. Charles. Yeah. But this movie I thought was really great. I mean, it just it brings you back to a time where, you know, maybe life is a little simpler. The seventies? No, for <laughs> me. Okay. When I first heard Queen. Queen. Okay. You know, I was in high school. We did we did For a sure. you know dance, um, the band halftime you know show to um, Bohemian Rhapsody, and it just it brings me back. Yeah. To you know, I think many time. people have a personal relationship to at least one of their songs. They made mm-hmm. so many great songs. We are the champions. Oh my god. Well, yeah, and I mean any. Anytime you're in like any arena, you're going to hear We Will Rock You, mm-hmm. you know, the crowd chanting that. And the movie goes into detail, some detail, about how those songs were inspired and how they came about. Which I thought was fascinating. Yeah. You know, I know the, one of the big things that, the, I guess, the gripes that I had with the movie, the timing of the actual events versus what actually happened in real life were not the same. You're saying the movie is factually inconsistent. Timeline factually inconsistent. Yeah. As some people have had some big issues with this. Some people say because of the way the movie treats Freddie Mercury's homosexuality and his struggle with AIDS and the way the movie reorganizes the timeline to kind of fit its own narrative. Some people say that it... Uh, dis- does a disservice to yeah. Freddie Mercury. Yeah. I thought the lead actor, what's his name? Rami Malek. I thought he did a superb job. He's he great. was amazing. Yeah. 
And I'm a big fan of his... Um, Mr. Robot. Mr. Robot show. Which I've never seen, but well, a lot I mean, of people love it. Yeah, he just—he was such a perfect pick and such a perfect casting choice. He is, yeah, just um, for this physically, movie. physically, he's the closest thing we have to a Freddie Mercury lookalike. So he was just physically dead on, like you're saying. He he embodied him pretty convincingly. He he was able to bring the magic of Freddie Mercury. Well, the, but the, I mean, the charisma. Yeah, the but Freddie Mercury. I mean, was you know his stage presence, his everything was just so up there. Energy. He, was, he, he had a flamboyant, over the top energy. Yeah, I mean nobody can touch that. Right, but Rami Malek does a pretty g- solid job. Yes. Channeling that. Yes. I didn't even know that he died from AIDS. I mean, I I didn't know any of that going into this movie. So for me, seeing this movie as it was like a biography of Freddie Mercury, I kind of felt sad. Sad for Freddie Mercury in the sense that he didn't know who he was. And I feel that a lot of people around Freddie Mercury really took advantage of his loneliness, of his needing... To be around people needing to be loved. Right. Kind of realizes it a little bit too late. Like, you've kind of ruined my life. Yeah. Uh, I forget the name of that character. I think it was just his manager. But okay. He, he just kind of, like, worms his way his into... His Gary. Okay. And he becomes his, like, confidant and he manager. Be- sort of pseudo-manager, I guess. Well, yeah, he becomes his party pal. Yeah. Who introduces him into the gay, the crazy gay scene and the crazy gay club scene. I, I don't think that they were like sexually partners, but I think that they, he used Freddie's notoriety to get him into yeah. certain places and yeah, certain access. Yeah. He, he becomes a kind of an important character during the second act in Freddie's life and kind of influencing Freddie. Yeah. According to this movie, I don't know how close this is to real life i'm assuming he's a real person no he's a real person i saw another is that is that really how it went down yeah in real life the timing was after the big show well sure yeah yeah um which everything is but they made everything before the big show the big reveal they use yeah they use the live aid performance as the movie's climax basically Where, you know, like, it's all on the line, basically. You know, his bandmates all know of his condition, which... Is not true. Is apparently not true. (laughs) No, Freddie didn't tell his bandmates until, I think, a couple years later. Right. I don't even think he was diagnosed Uh -uh. by the time he did life. Uh -uh. But the movie makes that a big dramatic... This is my my last performance. Yeah. I'm going to get it together for Live Aid. Like, he and everyone knew. And it makes for good drama. Yeah. And that's why they do it. Uh, but does the fact that it's not true, does that ruin it? No. I mean, it made for a good movie. Right. I mean, I'm not a, a stickler on that. And it I feels mean, emotionally... It feels emotionally... Honest. Yes, it does. <laughs> I found it interesting that this manager, I think, was the one that got him to go and quit the band for a few because he's so Freddie Mercury go solo. Yeah, yeah. So Freddie Mercury quit the band for a, a you know a few years and then came back right before Live Aid, and that's their reunion. But apparently he wasn't. This is another thing the movie leaves out. Apparently he wasn't the only member of Queen to have done a solo album. But one of the other members, they also went solo. 
But in the movie, it's presented as like a huge betrayal. Yeah. But that's that's another little twist. But twist of logic, twist of reality. I thought it was so cool, just the story behind, you know, just Bohemian Rhapsody. And about how like nobody wanted to play it because it was six minutes long. And it, it turned out to be this huge success, and they left their label because their label wouldn't promote Bohemian Rhapsody. Their label, the label executive, is played by Mike Myers. Which was something that I didn't know until we had to do double take on that. Yeah, I mean, he's wearing a wig. Yeah, I mean, he's got glasses. Pro- I mean, he's probably got, like, you know, prosthetics. He, and, you know. Yeah, he did not. It wasn't until his second scene. And he's filmed in close-up, like... You see his whole face. Yeah. And Mike Myers, you do not think Mike Myers until the second scene where like a little bit of that Shrek <laughs> kind of Scottishness kind of comes out in the voice like, oh, that's Mike Myers. <laughs> At first it's like, who who is this strange unknown actor? Yeah. But what? that's that's Mike Myers. And I like it, it, you know, thinking in hindsight, like, what is Mike Myers doing in this movie? And then you remember Wayne's World. Yeah. Where they have that entire sequence in the car where they sing Bohemian Rhapsody. Yes. You remember this? Yes. Wayne's World is great. Uh, you know, anyone who hasn't seen so Wayne's World. So he was probably a big Queen fan. Absolutely. Yeah. So that, yeah, I I enjoy that. He probably he took a little pay cut just I, to be, just to do a little cameo. I don't think he needs the money, but no. I'm sure he got paid. <laughs> what did you think of the other actors in the band portraying the band? Did you, I thought I that they were really them. good. Yeah. Um, I don't know any of the actors' names offhand other than Joseph Mazzello. I don't even know who that is. He was the young kid in Jurassic Park. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's, he came in later. Right. He's, okay. Yeah, he's the, the ginger. Yeah. <laughs> in, in Jurassic Park, he gets fried off the fence. Yeah. He's <laughs> the one that, well, his character is the one that came up with We Will Rock You. So I guess maybe, you know, I just love this movie because it's just, the music was just phenomenal. Well, the music is great. Yeah, I think it moves pretty well. Like, it's not boring. I mean, it covers a lot of ground in an entertaining way. It moves pretty quickly. Yeah. And the actors are all pretty on point. It has that, the guy from Game of Thrones, Aiden Gillen. He kind of gets, like, shouldered out in the movie. Oh, yes, yes, yes. He's Peter. Peter Littlefinger. Bailiff. I was gonna, I was gonna say maybe Littlefinger, but he, I didn't know that for he sure. He a brutal death. I'm not big on my Game of Thrones, unfortunately. But okay, so anyways, yeah, yeah it, the movie. I loved him. He, he's a great actor. Yeah, he's yeah he's he's been great in a lot of things. But I yeah, it's well cast. There's a lot of great actors, and there's a lot of unknowns, which I think are going to be <clears throat> bringing them into the spotlight. I mean, they really did a good job as far as a good mix of new talent, fresh talent, with some, Bet- wrecking, some veterans, some veterans. Yeah, yeah, and. I think above all, Rami Malek as Freddie Mercury. I think this could be, he could be nominated definitely for an Oscar for this role. I think he will be. Yeah. I, I, I'd be I'd be surprised if he wasn't. Yeah. I mean, just, it's just He's kinda... great. He he holds it, for me, I, he was the biggest surprise uh, of the movie. Yeah. I don't think you liked the movie as well as I did. Well, uh, let me ask you this. Why do you think it's gotten such mediocre reviews? Do you feel like the movie did an adequate job of Freddie Mercury's personal life? I guess I feel like it kind of skims over a lot of personal stuff 
through montage, I'm not saying I want to see like gay sex orgies and bondage and fetish. You could make an argument that the movie just heavily skims over his sexual escapade. Well, the stuff that got him AIDS. Yeah. Uh, those edges are sanded off uh, so that the movie can play PG-13. Yeah, I was about to say it was PG-13. It can play PG-13. Yeah. It can play to just about anyone. So I understand commercially why those choices were made. But, uh, you know, if you're going to compare it to something like Ray, I guess I felt like Ray really dove into Ray Charles' addictions, his demons, his less you know, less savory side. It reveals, you know, what it took for him to overcome them. Yeah, but Freddie never overcame them. Right. So I mean, is that an excuse, I guess, to not explore them fully? I mean, I, I think I think they actually, I mean... The movie's not really interested Well, in I it. think they did it right with not going into all of that. I the movie's mean, more interested, I think... In the music. In the music. And, and the band. And how the music and the band and... And all of that played out, you know, Freddie's personal life. I mean, unfortunately, you know, he came into play and he became famous when paparazzi was huge, when it got to be really big of a nuisance in the, you know, 80s, 90s. And then in the time where, you know, they didn't even know what AIDS was and they didn't know that, you know, that it was AIDS. I think it was, uh, it was called something else back then. It was just bad timing. I mean, I... Well, there's still no cure for AIDS. It's always bad timing to get AIDS. Well, no, but now you can live with it. Now you can... Is that true? Yeah. You can you can live with AIDS I guess Magic for a Johnson, long period of time. He's exactly. still alive? Okay. So you're saying, yeah, if he was just like a slightly later time, mm-hmm. <clears throat> it could be treated and he could still be possibly alive. Yeah, he'd be in his 70s. Yeah, he he'd still be alive. Yeah, could they could have still been making music? Yeah, which is which is a shame, and that does lend the movie uh, some sadness, like you were saying. It, it yeah, I mean it was. I mean seeing somebody that you know and 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 love just shrivel away. The movie doesn't really not. like show him. No, it doesn't. No, the, I think the most entertaining stretch of the movie is the cre- seeing the creation of Bohemian Rhapsody when they go to that like farmhouse. Yeah. And there, there's, uh, like, a hilarious kind of overlapping montage where they're trying to hit the, like, Galileo yeah. notes. And they're all trying to hit it. It's, like, over and over and over. <laughs> and it's, like, anyone would lose their mind yeah. in that scenario. And that song, the song that results is kind of crazy yeah. in a lot of I ways. I mean, it doesn't make sense. No, but it's, <laughs> it's still amazing. Uh, and that's, yeah, and that I think that's what, pe- what most people want to see is, you know, how are these songs created? How are they inspired? And that's that's the main focus of the movie, and I think that's yeah. that's why it's doing so well. Uh, and also, we, you know, you and I, we saw it in IMAX, and I don't know if you felt like that added anything, but I will say that the Live Aid portion... It, that was really cool, It was yeah. spectacular how they recreated yeah. that. I mean, there was some real movie magic going on and just the creation of the crowds and uh, there was one funny moment i can pick out that yeah go ahead i I just i felt like i saw the same crowd members (laughs) (laughs) i'm sure you did did (laughs) that's funny Uh, (laughs) i'm sure a lot of them were just digitally i know replicated But I, I did feel like, you know, watching that scene in IMAX, I felt pretty transported to Live Aid yeah. in that moment. It's like, I wish I was, I wish I was old enough. Well, yeah, that was, 
That was, yeah, the original Live Aid was before both of our time, but they did do a, a 20 anniversary in 2005, uh, which I did go to in Philadelphia. I saw... Who sang? Uh, there was a whole bunch of acts. Elton John was one of them. Um, the one I saw was Bon Jovi. Uh, you know, it was all right. <laughs> Oh, I think yeah. I was standing behind a statue and I couldn't even really see them. Oh. But I was there. <laughs> and I could hear them. Yay. Just the kind of crowd experience yeah. was was pretty cool. And that was, I guess, the 20-year anniversary. So that would have been 85. You And you, you recommend this? Oh, yeah. 100%. Like, even though it wasn't necessarily a great ending because, I mean, you know, Freddy dies. But... Spoiler. Well, I mean, you don't know the whole, you know, story of his life. But it doesn't show him dying. It, I guess that's just like text on the screen. Yeah. Is that what happens? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I don't know how you'd show him dying. Yeah, I don't think you can. Um, <laughs> but no, I mean, it, it's it's a great conversation piece. It's a great like nostalgia piece, um, and even for. Kids, or even for people that you know have never heard of, you know, the of Queen before, never heard. It's a good gateway, yeah, into their music. Sure, if you want to expose a young person Mm -hmm. to Queen, yeah, definitely. And I guess in that respect, the PG thirteen is a nice, yeah. There's no barrier to bring a kid, yeah. If you wanted to, you might you might have to answer some questions afterward. There, there would be a little question. Be a couple, answer. couple questions. <laughs> that's, I mean, that's all right. It's just, it's about growing up. There you go. <laughs> it's not uh, like they're not hearing this stuff in school, anyways. That's right. We're on the internet. We're on the internet. So, uh, would it make for a good date movie? Would you say? I think so. Freddie Mercury does. You, you could make the argument that Freddie Mercury. You know, because it details his marriage kind of crumbling. Yeah, but she still loves him and still is his best friend. Still worked like she is his assistant. Right. I mean, she still <laughs> she takes. Well, she still goes takes, from wife to assistant. <laughs> well, she still takes care of him. Yeah. No, there's um, yeah. She she still has affection for him, and I, he still has affection for her. Yeah. It, it implies, and it also implies that he he, I he, think he she maybe was, finds love. Well, she the end. was the only one that <clears throat> he actually trusted. That's right. Yeah. So uh, they they do still have a love, I guess, even yeah. though they break up. And then he did find love in the end. Right. Yeah. And it, yeah, it implies that there's there's going to be like new love on the horizon for him. Um. Somebody that. Would love him as he is. That's right. Well, you didn't fall asleep good, in this one, so good we're good. Set. It's a great movie. It's going to be the one people are going to be talking about come Oscar time. Um, and if you, did you care like about the Oscars. Did you? <laughs> we're not saying you should. No. Because the Oscars are kind of a joke. I mean, speaking of the Oscars, you know American Beauty won Best Picture in 1999? You know that, right? Yeah. American Beauty, it yeah. stars... Noted sexual predator, Kevin Spacey, right? He won an Oscar for that. He won an Oscar for American Beauty and Usual Suspects? Yeah, he's a two-time Oscar winner. Yeah. He's a good actor. If I'm wrong, I'm going to edit this out. Okay. <laughs> I'm going to double-check that, but I believe that was a, like an Oscar sweep type of deal. But this was 1999. You know what other movies were released that year? We're talking The Matrix. We're talking Fight Club. We're talking Election. We're talking Magnolia. Three Kings. So many great movies, and they give it to American Beauty. 
They award that movie very mediocre, even at the time, mediocre. And they award Kevin Spacey. So political. So so that's why I'm saying, like, anytime you want to put a lot of stock into the Oscars, the Oscars, they make the wrong call year after year. Yeah, they do. So that that's one big example. That was a big year for great movies. They didn't award any of them. All right, we just went way <laughs> off track. A little, a little ranting there. So From yeah, this movie. <laughs> that'll that'll do it for this episode. You can find more of our episodes on birdseyefilm.com. You can follow us on Twitter at the DN Movie Podcast. Email us at date night movie podcast at gmail.com. And until next time, I'm Patrick. And I'm Ashley. 